When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. You know what it is. Big Lux right here in the house with the Indian and old blue eyes. That's right. You know what we got in the house today? You know what we got in here? Fucking get your seatbelts on. Because ain't no fucking cops. Ain't no prosecutors. Ain't no DAs kicking no doors in around here. Because you know what we got in here today? Attorney Rosenberg in the house! Yes! You're up. Your get out of jail free card in the flesh right here. Nicholas Rosenberg. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. The energy in the room is great. Uh, my distinguished colleague in the braids, he's fucking shit up. He's kicking ass. <laughs> Big Lux. Yeah. You know, we met at a listening party for the reset with Cornejo, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave Ayers was there. That yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. That's right. So I remember I was like checking out your gear. I was like, all right. Yeah, right. we were over at that. We were over at that house over there, and they were in the garage area. Mm-hmm. And it was the first night I was listening to the yeah to his some of his album. Mm-hmm. And yep. Rick was there. Yep, the producer. Rick was there. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a hella cool cat. Yeah, man, good guys, good group of guys for over sure. There. And Ayers is another good dude. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's on his music. He knows the editing. Absolutely. Let me so let me ask you because yeah, I met you through Cornejo. Mm-hmm. Now listen, you guys, if you're listening to this show, um, you know, you know, I do this show um with um Sean, who is I think the best engineer, uh sound engineer in the world. He he really handles this shit. And my co host primarily is Chumahan, which I respect and love this dude, man, and he is uh, practices law, man, and he just is so knowledgeable. And I have like, I don't know, I really have. A, uh, I just enjoy so much about uh, what he does in the community, and I help people. And as I started to kind of uh, meet Mr. Rosenberg and pay attention, and heard what Conejo had said about you, and then started following you, and then started seeing the work you're doing. Like I have a, uh, I have a. a a spot in my heart like you know the work that you guys do because you guys could be off doing some other bullshit mm-hmm. just making money big law, law big which, law which, where there's a lot of people that do that that's and then there's guys like me and a lot of other people man that 
you know, don't always have the representation, can't afford or just, you know, and get asked out all the time. And I see you helping out the way I see Chumon helping out, helping out people that normally wouldn't have that type of help. And it, and, and you and you give your life to it, man. And there isn't always a huge paycheck attached to it, man. And that's something that's like me. How many times have we sat here and interviewed guys that had attorneys given to them or their families spent tens of thousands of dollars to help these guys mm. and attorneys didn't do shit but get them a life sentence happens didn't all do the time this, didn't do that, do that and Chumahan's like fuck man like it's incredible and the fact that you are out there i have so much respect for it i really wanted to have you on the show man and and i just respect the work that you do and the people you help in the community man it's it means the world to me because these are some of the big issues on this show it's part of what i started this show so that people could share stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that m- my partner being attorney, we could really pick into these mm-hmm. different situations. It's yeah. a big part of our show, man. What you do and where you sit is a big dynamic of this show. Mm. Right on, right on. Yeah, man. Did I, did I say that kind of right, Shumon? I mean, you didn't say it kind of right. You said it fucking right. Yeah. And, this, and Rosenberg, you know, he's not stingy with his knowledge. I mean, he... Right. He... So, listen, if you're on Instagram or you're whatever, every once in a while you see Rosenberg come out of a courthouse, right? Yeah, he's yeah. He's got those fucking sunglasses on. He's got that hair. And yeah. He's got smiling client right next to him. Mm-hmm. That, that client has no handcuffs. That client's no, right. right. very excited. He's got a, uh, his wife and right. let a baby yeah. in their hand. Right. And yeah. Rosenberg comes out and he's got the, you know, he tells you, like, it went in there. Yep. It was a murder degree one. Mm-hmm. They thought they had him. They found guns and blah, blah, blah. Walked out of court. <laughs> Walked out of court. And I'll tell you something. And yeah. then he, he goes on and he talks a lot about certain things. So what I want to do, I think, would mm-hmm. be to um, get like maybe some of the quick stuff out of the way that people maybe who haven't aren't initiated, haven't listened or whatever. And I've gone through a lot of your various interviews mm-hmm. and saw some of the things you talked about. So one of the first things, mm-hmm. right? Let's just get down to it. Yeah. Come what, on, get it. One of the first things that people ask you or they want to know from you is if I get pulled over by a cop or if I'm somehow given a card from a detective that I might be a part of an investigation, how and what should these people tell the cops investigating them? Sure. Um, I'll take the second part first. Yes. Because it's a very vivid. Uh, experience that people have which is where's your son where's your son i need to talk to him where's your son well he's not here right now here take this card it's important that he contacts me and so what happens is people call me all the time and they're like hey rosenberg you know what do i say what do i do the cops are looking for me so we call that pre-arrest investigation Uh, phase of a case and at that point what I do is people hire me I write a letter to the police and I basically break it down right just like the shirt I have no statement I want my lawyer so what that does is they know that they have a lawyer and they know my clients not gonna make a statement and don't try to go behind my back and I've shut down major major charges with that all right, so let's flip back to when you're in your car. Oh, Before go you go to that, yeah. right? <clears throat> so why is it important at that stage of a pre-investigation, right? Why is it important that the cops know fr- that an outside attorney or the attorney is telling them 
They want their attorney. They've got no statement to make. Why is it important to assert that then and there? Well, there's many situations where somebody... Oh, here's a situation. I think I'm innocent, right? Right. I got nothing to hide. I want to tell the cop. Well, my woman called the cops. She just wanted me out of the house, not realizing that out of the house is inside the jailhouse. Right. right? <laughs> so that I leave when the cops come, and then they want me to put myself at the crime scene. So as soon as I say, yeah, we were there, she grabbed me first, so I pushed her off of me. Right there, they may have probable cause to arrest you. So that's what we're doing. I can't control what the cops do, what they're investigating. They're not going to call me on the phone and say, hey, Rosenberg, we're looking for your boy, right? right? The only thing we can control in criminal justice is our mouth. Mm-hmm. So again, I have no statement. I want my lawyer. What that does is, and I've done this on murder cases, attempt murder cases, kidnapping, all kinds of crazy stuff. In my experience, it works. Right. And let me ask you this. Is there a difference? Do people get Mirandized? Do you have to be told your rights before you've been arrested if you're not arrested? And when you talk and they haven't given you your Miranda rights and you haven't been arrested yet and you're just saying stuff, can, can that be thrown out of court or is that kept into court? How, what's the difference? Right. I have a post on this very issue just to let you know. It's um, done at my Valley office and I talk about Miranda and Perkins. So I'm going to get to Perkins. Yeah. But what is Miranda? Miranda is actually kind of a judicial accident. The current court is not a pro-Miranda court, and I expect to see some erosions on that. But while we still have it, knock on wood, mm-hmm. it, what Miranda says is that for a custodial interrogation, in order to prevent uh, false confessions, coerced confessions, which they used to literally use rubber hoses, the case is Brown versus Mississippi, yep. and they would beat it out of you. Mm. So if you're yeah. in a custodial interrogation... They have to read you your rights because the situation is such that the power of the state can overcome your will and then you talk. So, so let me put yeah, that yeah. in layman's terms real quick. So what, what the court said is you have to have the authorities that are holding you remind you that you don't have to talk because when you're sitting there surrounded by all these cops and they're kicking your ass, you might feel like you don't have a choice. The situation alone makes you feel like you don't have a choice. Right. Okay, go ahead. No, no, and and I agree with that. So (laughs) when you're in your car or when you're just in your cuffs, you're not necessarily in custody. Right. So there's a lot of case law on this, but basically... Uh, when you're at the station and you do your live scan and they take your booking photo, you're booked. That's usually uh, the precedent to the Miranda warning. So people say to me all the time, hey, Rosenberg, they never read me my rights, bro. Can we get it thrown out? <laughs> and so the question is, what are you getting thrown out? Right. If you don't make an incriminating statement, then Miranda doesn't matter because they're not going to use your denial against you. Right. Okay. So it's the right combination. That's what Miranda is. But let's talk about a hypothetical where I get arrested. The cop books me on a temp murder with firearm. Right. Yeah. And they pull me out of the tank and they say, okay, Rosenberg, you're in the interview room. You have these rights. And I say, I want my lawyer. I want Rosenberg. Right. Okay. But then they put you back in the tank And let's say it's a cold case murder that happened two years ago, 
right? And your your little Sally is not who you think. Mm-hmm. He might be an undercover detective. He might be a jailhouse informant. Right. And they're recording. And they do that in cases, especially cold case murders and where uh, somebody asserted their Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate themselves. So then you're talking to the homies right. and then you're saying all kinds of crazy stuff and they don't have to give you a Miranda warning. Why? Because you don't believe you're talking to the police. Right. So the Perkins is the next phase of I have no statement. I want my lawyer. It's no offense, bro, but Rosenberg told me I can't talk in the tank. Now, if you get to that level, then you've controlled how your mouth can incriminate you. And, I mean, how likely is it that – how often do you see or read these police reports or read whatever it is that someone's mouth got them in trouble? All all the time. All the time. And that's what I say. In criminal justice, we can't control everything. The only thing – one thing you can control in God's wide world is your mouth. And – Sometimes when I'm watching like the first 48 or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. The cops always are like, look, man, just level with me and I'll work with you. <laughs> Does that ever actually work out for anybody? Um, I would say unlikely. <laughs> so what you're talking about is, um, so when it comes to interrogations, requests for admissions, etc., there's this thing called the Reed method of interrogation that goes back to post-World War. Looks like you guys are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So what that is, is rapport building. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, hey, man, uh, I can tell the judge, I can tell the DA, this is your chance to tell your side of the story. <laughs> um, they bring you a Coke. We want to be fair. Right. And, and the Coke, you know. Hey, I just uh, the case I just settled. They offered my guy Coke. Right. So I almost said some Coke. <laughs> I think I need to hit a Red Bull. So um, yeah, that's one thing that we can control in this world. And then, how likely are they to use a Perkins agent, which is the name of that undercover on my murders? I see it all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All the you time. You see. Fucking guys planted all the time. All bro. the time. Think about that, you guys listening. Think about that. All I got two attorneys saying they see it all the time. Think about that, you guys. Do they when you go to uh, when you go to law school, some of you there's two. They put you through constitutional law one and constitutional law two, and part of it is the search and seizure and the interrogation and your basic uh, rights, right? And and what is you know proper for the state to do and what isn't. And in those cases, there's so much bullshit that the the cops have a lot of power. They have a lot of fucking power. And the reason why we're supposedly supposed to be protected against the state is because the founding fathers came over from King George, who was torturing motherfuckers in the star chamber and making them say shit and all the stuff. They're tired of it. So they came over here and they go, we're going to... And we've been in, I think, maybe in the last 50 years, maybe 40 years... A closing down of those rights, a cinching down, partly from technology and partly from court decisions. Mm. So that you get weird little fact patterns where it's like, okay, so if I'm in my house and I'm smoking meth, 
and the cop is on a public street and he's looking through the window and I've got the blinds down so it's clear I don't want anybody invading my privacy but there's a tear in the blinds and through that tear the cop can see me smoking the meth and does that give him probable cause to come in and fucking arrest me and search the fucking house? Or do you have a right to privacy in a public restroom if you've locked the door, but there's that crack and the cop can look through that crack? Do and like in some things you would say common sense is yeah, but then the law would say no, sorry, you don't. You know the cracks there. Right. You know people can look through it. Blah 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 blah. So now I want to turn to something I've seen you talk about. I thought was fascinating mm -hmm. because people don't know this. Rosenberg does a lot of work in forensics, right? Mm -hmm. Like he studies, he goes to fucking colleges and like these weird, crazy seminars and fucking the eagles' nests up in these cliffs and studies <laughs> forensic what they can do. Wow! So you got to be up on that shit so you know how to use it, right? So mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how the state and the Fed even, mm -hmm. can invade or look at or track your cell phones sure. and what's being said on the cell phones and whether or not, because you see it on like the wire, mm -hmm. right? Like whether or not this burner phones actually do anything or what the state's mandated reset or report is, how many days do they have to do the report? Can you walk us through a little bit of what the case law is and what the rules are related to cell phones? Sure. Um, the first thing I'll say is, what does the word forensic mean? Yes. Because we hear it all the time. Yeah. And what it means to me is someone who's not a percipient witness is analyzing evidence and rendering an opinion. Right. So you can have a forensic psychologist. You yep. can have a forensic expert. Accountant. Um, did not do the DNA testing themselves, but they're going to review that. Right. So when it comes to cell phones, oh, my cell phone's here. I can't hold it up. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing is that there used to be a doctrine called the third party disclosure doctrine. And what that meant is whatever you tell your power company, this is for all the growers, the growers in the house. Yeah. What you tell your power company You've disclosed it to a third party, so you have no privacy interest, right? Right. And that's how they used to treat the phone, phone bills, caller lists, call history. That was all third party information that you have waived your privacy right to. So right? that would mean that the cops wouldn't have to get a warrant to go grab your fucking information that you gave to the phone company, right? Right. Right. So we had actually a good case that came out, um, I want to say, six years ago. Carpenter and what that case said is look the reality of modern life is that everything is on our phone So we're gonna recognize a right to privacy in this third-party disclosure device Right, and we're gonna say that you need to get a warrant in order to do a cell phone search Which could be a cell phone extraction and by extraction. I mean there's a machine We call it the Celebrite machine. That's a company in Israel uh, they basically hook it up and they make a carbon copy of everything that's on that phone. But what if you've deleted something? I mean, I, I imagine right. people think they've deleted shit off their phone so that if they do this carbon copy, they're mm -hmm. not going to see anything. Can they find stuff? They can. Um, this is an interesting point. And in my cases, I work with uh, forensic cell phone tower experts when we talk <sighs> about GPS positioning. I work with experts. I've done defense phone extractions. So... Real quick, there's two types of extractions. There's one called a logical extraction, 
think of that as like software mode. Mm-hmm. And then there's one called a physical extraction. And for a physical extraction, they actually destroy the memory banks of the phone in order to get stuff. And they can recover deleted files. So the world that I try to live in, I think everyone should be in this world mm-hmm. to the extent possible, is everything I say, every email, every text, imagine one day a judge will be reading it. That's the world that I live uh, in. Right. And if they get my phone, you know what I mean? So it's difficult to live at that level. Right. So um, people talk to me about, well, I erased my iPhone. Right. I locked my iPhone. I erased my iPhone. People talk about stuff like this on the jail phone um, and it doesn't always uh, work out for them. So that's a little bit about cell phones. Right. Uh, The guys used to use WhatsApp and I'll imitate my friend. He's like, WhatsApp, WhatsApp. (laughs) So uh, and that that's prime, prime, uh, prime suspects, if you know prime. So encryption. Let's talk about encryption. Yeah. So. When you make certain types of calls, like a FaceTime call, technically that is end-to-end uh, encrypted, right? Yeah. So if some, if the government has a wiretap, uh, they're not supposed to be able to get into that. Right. Let's talk a little bit about wiretaps because the word wiretap with the old phones, the landlines, they literally had to tap in to the wire in order to hear it. And I have one of my firearm experts told me, that if you have a landline, you can measure the uh, current flow and you can tell that they're tapping because they're diverting. Wow. So that's a little, a little, tip. A little Easter egg a little tip. on the landline. There you go. So for a wiretap, there's some interesting rules. Um, one thing is it's supposed to be three pounds of dope. And uh, there's, you know, murder. They can get a wiretap on a murder. That sounds uh, fairly self-evident. But there's a thing in California in the statute, which is Penal Code 629.5. We say et sec, meaning keep turning pages right, right after that. Um, that any felony with a gang enhancement on it can be a subject of a wiretap. So there are some crimes, though, that can't be subject. Correct. Like what kind of crimes would those be? You don't get a wire for a simple battery. Right. 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 Now, you do get wires for conspiracy to commit a murder. Right. Because the wires well suited for that. But what I, I wanted to bring up a little case history because I, I think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people know the case I did in Ventura for uh, Daniel Pena, who was alleged to be high ranking prison gang leader, mm-hmm. was on a prison cell phone. They had a wiretap, they were listening. And it was actually in his case. I ended up getting his wiretap thrown out, but he had another jail phone uh, case and there were wires on that. So I challenged the California statute that says any felony with a gang enhancement on top of it, you can go ahead and pursue a wire because the federal law is more protective than the California law on that. Basically, I think that whole thing is bullshit. Right. If you take perjury and then you try to add for the benefit of an association with or at the direction of a criminal street gang, yeah. then that is not a felony that's inherently dangerous to life, limb, or property. So anyways, what I'm trying to tell you is that for wires, um, 
typically they have to do 10-day reports. Yeah. So they have to kind of update it and see are they getting pertinent calls. If they're listening to nothing, the judge can shut it down. Is it the judge who reviews the 10-day report to say, yes, Mm -hmm. there's actual activity here or no, this is bullshit, let it go? Yeah. So the word, the term, the term of art, if you will, is called pertinent call. Mm -hmm. So the problem with the homies on the phone is that they they speak in ways that the experts can say, well, they're using code. Right. Right. So in one of my cases, I can't disclose which, but somebody says, hey, black girl. And black girl is supposed to be black tar heroin, right? right. Somebody says white girl, and you can imagine what it is. Right. So the problem when you're speaking to your buddies is that they can have their uh, gang expert say they're speaking in code and when we read the federal reports they always say you know ui1 unindicted co-conspirator one speaking in code relayed the following so that's fucked up so that in 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 actual words if you were just to look at the words on the page it would seem not pertinent but then they can bring in some guy to say Mm -hmm. well what that actually means is heroin correct and now it's a pertinent call right so um the thing with pertinent calls is that there's no point for the wire if they're not getting anything, right? Right. right. So I think you're bringing up the point, um, and I'm trying to strengthen that point <laughs> when it comes to codes. You know, so I have clients on the phone. Hey, where's the baby? Where's the candle? Make sure to tell old boy about the baby. Right. And what they're gonna say is, oh, that's gang member one instructing gang member two to go hide the firearm. Right. Colonel Mustard with the candlestick in the billiard room. There you go. Right. That's you got to invent new codes. Clue clue reference for those people that you talked about right. earlier who were right. on heart Adult medication. contemporary. Right. Lipidor. <laughs> Lipidor. Lipidor. I, I, read, I, I had heard that it was uh, MySpace. No, not MySpace, but Facebook owns um, WhatsApp. Yeah, I think that's correct. And that guy's in bed with the government and everybody else. I think all those guys, and maybe uh, Rosenberg can talk about this. So- but 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 WhatsApp but but like there's been people I've heard say oh WhatsApp is encrypted and WhatsApp is, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's absolutely no way that anything is encrypted like they're mm-hmm. listening to everything right so let's talk about WhatsApp um, because it is end to end encrypted but that doesn't matter if they get your phone before you delete right. So in my cases, I see plenty of WhatsApp chats Mm -hmm. could be with someone who's in prison. It could be two people who are out of custody. So in other words, relying on this idea of end-to-end encryption, it doesn't always work because they can get your chats uh, directly from your device. But but Big Lux brings up a really good Mm -hmm. point, which is, you know, a lot of this tech is, you know, military-originated. And then you have essentially private companies that aren't public actors, so they're not necessarily controlled by the Constitution, right? And then, you know, at some level, their ability to do business is licensed by the government. And so one wonders, is anything really not traceable? Is blockchain really not traceable? Is um, is the dark web really the dark web or is that just a monitoring device for the government to just keep an eye on and and track the really dangerous guys? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I had a guy come see me and when he saw me, he was doing 
little speed transactions, maybe five grams, six grams, seven grams, and he was mailing it out. He and his crew, I should say, allegedly, right. were mailing out substances to like out of state, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and you say to yourself, why is this guy in federal court? Well, he's in federal court because he was doing all this on the dark web. Right. Mm. And they are surfing that dark web and they found him on his surfboard. Right. And for relatively small activity, he was in the feds looking at a 10-year mandatory minimum. Wow. So myself, I would stay off, what's it called, Silk Road? Yes. Dark it's, it web. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, because, you know, I mean... Everyone reads the paper, right? They right. Say conspiracy to commit murder of so and so. The guys wanted to buy some weapons from the FBI. So the state is creating some of these crimes by having undercovers, uh, you know, set people up. So now I had a question for you because <clears throat> in reading and, and learning a little bit about what you do and where you came from, you started out sort of as a community organizer in the Tenderloin in, in Northern California. Is that where you were originally from? No, I'm an L.A. native, uh, Fairfax High, for those yeah. of you who know, know the facts. <laughs> um, and then I went off to Berkeley and started about a 10-year uh, decade in the Bay Area. So from there, after college, I went to film school. Yeah. And then, uh, my hair was about your length. Yes, but, sir. But I never braided it. And then I ended up getting discovered by the community in the Tenderloin, uh -huh. and I became a public safety organizer, basically shutting down crack houses, mm -hmm. not criminalizing it, but pushing property owners to clean up their properties through nuisance. Right. So through that, I got very involved in local politics uh, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So that... Um, I'll say this. The skills that I learned as a community organizer are the skills that help me run my business, right? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sure, but then where was the turn to the law? What happened there? Mm -hmm. You were like, look, I got I to gotta make some shekels. I got to put some food on the table, so I got to at least go to the law. I mean, that's kind of how it happened for me. I went to film school, too. Okay. I went to UCLA MFA right screenwriting. 
Awesome. Right. Where did you go to film school at? I was at City College of San Francisco. Beautiful. And we had access to 16 millimeter uh, equipment after one semester. Right. So the people at SF State who thought they were better than us, uh, they used to come over and use our equipment. Right. So anyways, um, how I got into the law, I was uh, with my significant other. She was in law school. Right. I was in film school. And I was a philosophy major. Right, right? on. So uh, I did a documentary about her moot court class. Okay. And that's how I kind of enmeshed with the curriculum. And I said, hey, man, I can do this. Right. And then you, you went into the law and um and then so when you went into law what was your like real law job coming out of law school right so in in law school i worked for the san francisco sheriffs okay and it was called prisoner legal services and we had the power to actually sue the city and county so wow. we we went all throughout the jail oh sorry we went all throughout the jail even where the svps are way past the attorney interview room and I also was an extern at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal. So uh, then she became my wife, was in civil, so they put me in criminal. So I used to do, uh, we present cases to the Ninth Circuit judges, three-judge panels. Right. So I did that. And when, when I got out of law school, uh, the first job was as a public defender in Tulare County. Where's Tulare County? So that's a good question. Somewhere between Bakersfield and Fresno is the city called Visalia. So that's where I started out. Uh, this I is know the, all those little towns. I feel I, like that's a I, lot I, of meth I, I, up I there. Lived, well, I lived up in it's all a, those It's places. a lot of death. <laughs> death penalty. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah those are sure. all part of the areas, Kings County and all these different <laughs> little counties that all the prisons are located in. Oh, Visalia, right. Yeah, all this stuff. Central... It's all Central Coast shit. Right. Sure. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, when I was a young baby public defender picking juries, we would have people say, well, you know, my husband's a correctional officer. Right. My dad works at the prison. My uncle, he's a, a sergeant with this agency. So yeah. these are people that I obviously don't want on my jury. <laughs> right. But right. you hit it on the head. Yeah. It's the cheap rural <clears throat> off the 99. Yep. You, yep, yep. you got that one. Yeah. Yeah, you sure. got that one, Big Lux. You oh, know, I got that I'm saying you know he, something he, about that. No, he hit that one. That was... <laughs> no. Because every time yeah. you get in trouble in prison... Right. And they want to try and bound it over and prosecute you in the county, these counties would either pick the case up or they wouldn't pick it up. You know what I'm saying? It gets right. by it. So I, would, I heard many a times, you know, these these different names of these different counties you know right. kings county was a mm -hmm. i think kings county was like corcoran somewhere yeah sat in kings county yes what do you do i was waiting for them from... to pick up a fucking case on me and they didn't what do you do for fun out there rosenberg like you're how long were you out there like what do you do you go get a steak dinner i mean what the fuck do you do out there well there's not a lot to do um <laughs> but you know it was for me it was kind of like boot camp training right <laughs> I'm in the second poorest county in California, the highest per capita welfare recipient uh, population banks, uh, agricultural, more right. churches than liquor stores. Right. And so I started out with the Cowboys. Right. So now, you know, where I'm at, it's a whole different thing. But, I mean, we got treated like such absolute crap 
it was amazing. So, <laughs> like what? Give us an example. I mean, we had DAs looking through our binders, looking through our notebook. I had a DA, baby DA, actually say in closing argument, well, what the officer would have said was, hey, wait a minute, objection, <laughs> mistrial. That's <laughs> <laughs> not in evidence. Right. Yeah. No, no, he didn't call the officer, but he wants to inform the jury <laughs> what he would have said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Craziness. So, you know, that doesn't happen out here. Right. So let me ask you something else. Um, Let's talk about um, your 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 events company. What you're doing with events, and 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 let's talk about that a little bit, man. Because uh, we were involved in a in a concert Mm -hmm. that you and your guys, and we cross promoted. Can you tell us a little bit about that and talk about how that got started and what you have coming up? Tell us about your 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 events company. Right. Well, I I do what I do through my law corporation. So I've been fortunate to be a sponsor of some concerts. And I do that. Uh, mostly it's with the Chicano rap genre. Sure. That's kind of, and the way I see it is, you know, the community show me love. So I'm trying to put something back in, helps the artists out. People can get out there. They can perform. So I like the idea, you know, Rosenberg, I put my money into the community that's been supporting me. So, but I got offered an opportunity to become an investor. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started teaming up with Nationwide uh, Presents. Nationwide Presents. We did Summer Nights. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Mm Micheladas. So the next (laughs) event uh, that's coming up is going to be the uh, Latin American Motion Picture Awards. We call that LAMPA. That's going to be December nice. 3rd. Uh, I believe they have the venue. is going to be a golf course. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the, the first one, they had a lot of big stars. Danny Trejo, et cetera, was there. But the purpose of the Lampa, and that's producer Andy Rodriguez. So I'll give Nationwide N-Dub and Andy Rodriguez uh, their shout-outs. Those are folks that I've been working with. But what the goal of Lampa is, is to recognize the unsung heroes who aren't, you know, like the big Hollywood celebrities. Right. Which not knocking them. It's just the people that are operating in the dark that nobody knows about. Right. So part of the purpose of Lampa is to amplify and elevate uh, those folks. Absolutely. That's awesome. And it's I think it's Latin Heritage Month this month right now, right? Yes. Which is why DeSantis did all that bullshit by bussing mm-hmm. uh, immigrants up to fucking Martha's Vineyard and all that crap, if you've been following that. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask. I, I didn't tell anybody I was going to ask this. Mm-hmm. You are a dyed-in-the-wool, true-and-true defense attorney, meaning I'm not... You don't judge. You're not here to fucking say whatever. You know that your job is to defend this person, right, to the maximum that the law allows. And it's the only way that you're going to hold this government accountable and fair, right? Mm -hmm. Do I have that right? I do. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So, would you defend Donald Trump? So that that's an interesting question. Um, in theory, it's possible. Right. In theory, it's possible. Sure. But when you're in private practice, you do get to choose your own clients. Right. So, and, you know, this kind of just a brief segue. People always ask me, Rosenberg, 
What's up with the bandetta, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> what I say about that is, you know, the country belongs to everyone. And That's don't, right. Don't let the fascistas yes. commandeer the flag. So, so, uh, so, so, in, so, so going back to yeah. that, um, yeah, it's possible to defend anybody and we have a sixth amendment right to counsel that doesn't say everybody except prison gang leader, right. X, Y, Z. Okay. But as far as working with a client, I think I would probably respectfully decline. Okay. So now we know if it was your choice, right, mm -hmm. you would say maybe you would be better with another attorney, not, not mm -hmm. the great Rosenberg. Okay. We understand that. But guess what, people? Mm. And this happened, I want to say this happened in the, who's that fucking guy that thinks frogs are gay and he's telling everybody that that was a hoax in Sandy Hook? Don't what? give me that. Oh, uh. You know what I'm talking about, Loudmouth. Uh, uh, Alex. Alex Jones. Okay. Oh, Alex, yeah, yeah, okay, Alex right. Jones. So Alex yeah. Jones, right? InfoWars. Uh, InfoWars, right. He's against information. So, okay, Alex Jones, right? He has, I think he's on his 11th attorney. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's probably because partially to delay because of the new attorney, but also partially maybe he's not listening to his attorneys. Okay. But then there comes a point in time where because we have the Sixth Amendment, somebody does have a right. Even the most vile person you could think of in your mind right now has a right to have counsel. And at some point, the judge says, sorry, you're stuck. Nobody wants to help him. Now you're going to help him. Mm -hmm. So and, then, and so this is beyond your choice. But mm -hmm. I'm, I am curious because this man knows a lot. Man, Rosenberg, we, I don't think we understand. I don't think we fully appreciate the intelligence and wisdom and sagacity that we have here. So the judge says to you, Rosenberg, I know that because you love America, probably Trump would be better off with some other attorney, Giuliani, whatever. But you're stuck by virtue of the law. You believe in America so much, Rosenberg, that you're stuck now. What would be your strategy given the search warrant that was just executed and what they found? Do you have any thoughts on how, where this guy's gonna go from here? So the first thing is, <laughs> let's, say, let's say I'm a public defender right? and they slam, I'll just use this, maybe you can see it on camera. They slam the file and it turns out it says Donald J. Trump. Right. So what am I gonna do? Right. I can't get off the case. You can't. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the charges. I'm going to pull up the jury instruction, and I'm going to see what exactly this person is accused of right. violating. Right. Because the jury instruction tells me where where the end point is, where, right. where I'm headed. Um, have I had clients that are very extremely difficult to deal with? Of course. Have I had clients who lie to me? Of course. Have I had clients that I wouldn't share a glass of red wine with? Mm -hmm. Of course. But if you're saying Rosenberg, put up or shut up, yep. are you a real Sixth Amendment lawyer? I'm going to say, yes, I am. Mm. And I'm going to say the government's overreaching, it's <laughs> bullshit, it's speculation, etc. Now, at the same time, I can play prosecutor. Right. To be a defense <laughs> lawyer, you actually have to play prosecutor sometimes better than the prosecutor. Right. So playing prosecutor, I mean, you know, what I really wonder about is this this thing that's had this is getting a little political. So if you're uh, not please get please in get here, in there. If you're not into so team red and no nah, no nah, we're blue. this is we have yeah, real yeah. conversations here. Yeah. No, I'm talking about, you know, the, the I'm telling the folks them out too. there. Yeah. Okay. 
So um, the idea that Trump is saying things like, if I'm indicted, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. I mean, that is, you know, that's so beyond Orwellian. Right. And, you know, I think I have a tendency in Los Angeles (laughs) to feel like I don't have to worry about all that, right? I'm in my la-la bubble. Right. I have things I'm worried about. But really, you know, this is... This is major stuff. Again, Sixth Amendment, First Amendment. Right. That's why we set up this country. And, you know, I took an oath to defend the Constitution, and I'm an officer of the court. So I take it very seriously. Right. Man, what do you think of that, Big Lux? That was an amazing answer. What do you take from that? I, I, I just like how deep you guys go on this law shit. You know, I think it's fascinating um i i like what you said man i mean you don't have to hold any punches here i mean this guy's tore into like this whole donald trump thing right he's gone as far as to say you know when you talked about the fucking prosecutor or whoever it was the federal guy running the things like when trump was like um oh they might have planted evidence so he fucking go ahead and open up and made the warrant public right 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 like you don't do that you were like you don't do that you don't do there's that. something really going on right because 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 the political stakes are so high right that uh um that the attorney general of the united states merrick garland right he wouldn't he knew I mean, he, those guys have been gaming this shit out for a while, thinking about, okay, so we're going to do this. What's Trump likely to do? If he does Mm -hmm. X, what can we do? And they would have, they would have had to vet that search warrant. And and only he, only the AG could sign that and say, yes, we're going forward with it. They would only do that if they were certain that they were going to find something at that level. Because if they had nothing but a fart in a bucket, then it, then it would be game over for, quote-unquote, the federal government, who is the target of Trump and MAGA. They, I, my personal, this is me, my personal feeling is the whole thing with Bannon, the whole thing with Trump, uh, the reason why MAGA people don't get upset that they've been ripped off, right, stolen mm-hmm. from, scammed, is because I think everybody knows that all of this money is being funneled into white power militias. They don't expect there to be a wall built. They really didn't. No, they're not, I mean, they're idiots for what they believe in, but no, they don't, they're not being fooled by Trump. There's this surge, and this is what Trump is saying, and this is what uh, Lindsey Graham said, right? If he gets indicted, there's gonna be riots. And then so everyone goes, well, whoa, that's a low-key threat. What are you saying? I mean, that's almost Al-Qaeda-level bullshit you're just saying right there. And they go, oh, no, I'm just talking fat. I'm just, just spitballing. I, I, mean, I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe I'm out of my mind. I don't know. Yeah. But I'd be careful if it was me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. My reaction, you know, I'm a state court uh, defense lawyer. I've done some federal cases. Uh. But I don't hold myself out as an expert on the Department of Justice and the internal, you know, machinations and politics. But I, you know, we're we're in unprecedented right. times. And, you know, some students of history have said, hey, man, you know, the, it's going to be. Well, I, all right. Check this out. I'll tell you this. 
Mm-hmm. I'm reading a book I highly recommend it called Rescuing Freud. And it's all about Freud stayed in Vienna, Nazi Vienna, even though he was one of the most highly visible Jewish prominent guys in the world, right? Mm-hmm. He stays in Vienna because he loves the city, his family's there. And also Freud, to a certain extent, might have been in a little bit of denial, but also was very proud of Vienna. And he, and, and he was proud of who he was, and he was kind of a guy that didn't back down from this kind of bullshit. Maybe a little bit of a megalomaniac, maybe thought he was above other shit too. So the other folks, though, the other people in the Jewish commu- community were like, this guy is a world treasure. He belongs to the world, and we've got to get him out of Vienna. So it takes a long time, and he's there. But as I'm reading this book, right, this, this, this author is laying out, like, how does Freud become Freud in the first place, right? And not only that, but maybe 10 years behind Freud is Hitler coming from Linz or wherever the fuck he was from as an art student coming to Vienna, the same town. And in fact, Hitler went to one of Freud's psychoanalytic discussion groups mm-hmm. as a teen and said, oh, that's not for me. I don't like it. And there's a lot of talk about what would have happened had Hitler actually listened a little bit to the principles and started doing some of that inner work. Maybe history might be different. But what's fascinating is the steps and the things you see talked about in Vienna, because Vienna at that time was a cosmopolitan, very tolerant place for that time. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing this sort of group of Germans or Austrians who start feeling that the Jewish people and communism is starting to somehow erode the national identity of Austria and Germany, and it needs protection. So what do they do? They build a little political group. They also align themselves with a certain type of Christianity to try to keep that pure. And before you know it, there's a mayor who is a pragmatist. The mayor of Vienna gets elected. In fact, Franz Joseph, the emperor, won't sign off on him for four years, but he keeps getting elected eventually. But he's a pragmatist, and everyone at the time, including Jewish leaders at the time, still weren't necessarily like, oh, something crazy's going on right now. They were just like, you know, he's playing to the, to the rednecks of Austria, mm-hmm. basically, to get elected. But Hitler, after he didn't make it into art school, started listening to the pragmatic political guy that's just juicing these people, right, to get elected, but doesn't really believe it. But Hitler believes it. He doesn't have the sense to understand this guy's playing a political game. And he starts pushing into another direction. And that is what I think we are seeing here in this fucking country right now. And believe you me, the intelligentsia and the people who should have been on the watch and all the people that should have been skeptical in Vienna, they were a little asleep at the wheel. They didn't see the danger before it was too late. Uh. So I do think that we are in an unprecedented territory in this country right now. It's never been like this in the sense. And I do think that there are huge amounts of people who are playing. I think that's why the Republicans are stuck. You have these moderate Republicans that played to these rednecks and now they want out, but it's too late. They have the, they have their party. And so now we've, as a people, have to come together and do exactly what Rosenberg said. This is our country. 
Mm-hmm. We can proudly wait. An American Indian, the, a Jewish person, a Chicano, a uh, 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 49ers fan, mm-hmm. they, can, <laughs> they should be able to say, I love this country. The flag belongs to me. It doesn't just belong to these folks. Yeah. Right? Fuck yeah. And yeah. it was almost good. We almost... That was fucking great, man. <laughs> and, then you, and then it all started coming apart. <laughs> Did we tell you that he's a genius audio engineer? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm on the show. Right, of course. Yes. <laughs> right. So, Rosenberg, where can people go to find out about Rosenberg, yeah. your services? Everything, yeah, everything like, well, How there. do people get in touch with your firm? So the easiest way to get at your boy Rosenberg is going to be at Attorney Rosenberg on Instagram. Yeah. I answer all my DMs and I spend a lot of time, you know, doing it because I want pe- I want to be accessible. Right. Um, yeah. Usually from the DMs, I go to my cell phone and then we start finishing up the intake. Um, but, you know, this is what I say. A lot of people who follow me, they're never going to need me. Right. They're interested in the law and hopefully I answer some questions. But it's really that person who knows somebody who knows somebody. Right. And that's that's the value of keeping, you know, current with an account like mine. Yes. So most of my referrals are word of mouth. And I take that very seriously. Right. Because that's the community basically judging you. Yeah. You know, that's Absolutely. beyond Yelp. It's beyond Yelp. Yes. 100%. Right. I mean, listen, word of mouth, Rosenberg, and from what I've heard, even within the law circles, Rosenberg is the real deal. He's accessible. You'll get to talk to him, and he will put, he'll fucking punch back. He's not, like, when you see, have you ever seen those memes with the lawyers with, like, their no tailored pants, and it's like, right? <laughs> yeah, if that's yeah, your lawyer, yeah. you're going to lose? Yeah. Right? If that's if, your lawyer, you're going to jail. Right. If this is your We've lawyer. We've talked about it a hundred times. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want your lawyer walking in like this guy, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like Rosenberg looks so, he looks like a kind of guy who gets the arguments right and knows what the fucking evidence really is. Yes. Right? Well, appreciate he looks like that. Fucking, appreciate I mean, that. from the neck down, he looked like he might, and, and the little American bent. Other than that, guy might be John Gotti. Right. Guy's good. in here wearing a Brioni suit with fucking cufflinks, bro. <laughs> Guy's either ready to cut like a billion dollar right. deal or right. defend you in court. Right. <laughs> listen, Fuck yeah. Listen. That. And this is, listen, a big round of applause to Mrs. Rosenberg. She obviously won yes. the husband lottery. Mm-hmm. Her, her, She needs to worry about nothing else. I also married an attorney. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also have that in common, and I, I, I just gotta say, I'm gonna refer all crim cases that come to me, and I get a lot because people hit me yeah. up from yeah. the show all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll refer them on down to Rosenberg. Appreciate that, man. Absolutely, I really do. Yeah, brother, it's good stuff, man. Rosenberg, we need you. We need you to keep popping in. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need you okay. to come by when you got events, when you want to shoot some stuff, when you got something big, when we want to do a show that's kind of aimed at some law things. For sure, we need you to come in, man. You're, yeah, we don't have another guest like you. Yeah. I like hearing both of you guys kind of, mm-hmm. you know, peel stuff back. So thank you, I, thank you for coming in. Today. I got one quick shout out. If you I can do, do it, please. Yeah, yeah, as many okay. as you please. want. Let us get out okay. of here. Let it rip. So, yes. Uh, not a lot of people know that I'm on the board of directors for the Always for the People Foundation. 
And if you know the Mr. Checkpoint account, yes, yeah, he's on our show. show. Always <clears throat> film the police. Yeah, always dude. film the police. Okay, so he's our executive Senate. director, Senate Devermont. Man, shout out to Senate, man. We love that dude, so man. We have launched an organization. It's a nonprofit. We've got several initiatives that we're pursuing, one of which is ending felony murder rule, another of which is making jury duty cool, making jury duty yes. sexy. Uh, another initiative is dealing with the veterans on the west side yes, who sure. are unhoused, yes, yeah. For sure. yet they've got 350 acres. I In forget Brentwood. what it is. Yeah, acres. Exactly. Right. From one westward right, to Brentwood. Being, right. That's being misused. And so the shout out is really to the foundation, the nonprofit. And what's what's it called again? Always for the people. AFTP, Always for the People Foundation. I love, I love uh, it. Yeah. Follow Mr. Checkpoint. For the uh, listeners, follow Checkpoint and get get hooked up with us because you're going to start seeing some amazing work uh, from Always for the People Foundation. And shout out to Senate for being the uh, founder. Yeah. Absolutely. A big shout out. And as a matter of fact, I think that we should, at the Hard Luck Show, start having Jesus hashtag Always for the People. I'm with it. On our hashtags from now on, with our publications that go out, dude. Yeah, I'm with you. We need to share that, man. That's Instagram a huge part Jesus. of this. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, Jesus, take notes of that, bro. We're going to start including them in because that's important stuff, and we're behind you guys 100, percent man. Yeah, appreciate it. Where can people go to learn about Always for the People? Um, so go to the Checkpoint account <clears throat> at, at Mr. Checkpoint. I think it's always for the people. One big word, but don't quote me. And got I'm, it. I'm live right now, so I, I can't pull it up. Got but, it. But um, you know, get at me. Just get at me. DM me. Right on. And when I have the resources, you know what I I'll do is I'll 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 ask later and get the Instagram or the website, and we'll put it up on his post. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, Attorney Rosenberg, for coming in today. Yeah, hey, appreciate it, guys. Yeah. You're doing great stuff. And I, I really enjoyed it. And this guy, this is my new buddy, man. Yeah, man. Good <laughs> hell, shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll All comp right. him over at the casino, Indian casino. You're a comp. Don't you even worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Sean, what you got? Sean at movemento.media for all your audio and podcasting needs. Yeah. Listen to me. Yes. If you ain't been over to hardluckshow.com, go over today, right now. And uh, I have an idea for you. Check this out. <sighs> There's podcasts out there. They do, uh, you know, when UFC comes on, they do Fight Companion. What I'm thinking is if there's ever like a big court case, oh. you should come in and we can watch it live and you guys mm -hmm. can kind of walk us through what's going on, a play-by-play. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I, I love like that it. idea. Yeah. Ringside in the court. And, dude, how great, would, how great yeah. would it have been to have Rosenberg to talk about the jinx and like all that shit mm -hmm. that went, what was the name oh, of that guy? Yeah. Right, that fucking... Fought his murder case. He HBO chopped, shit. Yeah, yeah, chopped yeah, somebody so up good. in Texas and still got off. Right, right. and then he right. went. He went over to L.A. and like killed his best friend. Or I would have right. loved to have Rosenberg talk through yeah. all that. And shit. He dressed as a girl. Right, that what part was phenomenal. Freak. Yeah, I forget his name, but we all we all know who you're referring to. Yeah. One quick thing I'll say, and everyone watched the uh, Amber Heard Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, yes. yes, I did. So yeah, and my takeaway from that is it's really the legal team that you pick 
reflects on you yourself. Right. So I believe that Johnny Depp did a much better job mm. of finding the right legal team. Mm. Because there's a difference between legal team on paper and in court ready to rock and roll. Right. And the reason I bring that up is I think after seeing Camille Vasquez, you're going to see uh, applications from women to law school go up. Right. And it's interesting. So I would love to be in a scenario where we can comment on what we see. My takeaway from the Johnny Depp is, is I agree with what you said. It's also cross-examination. Less is more. Mm -hmm. Right? Amber Heard's attorney gave Johnny Depp so many openings to basically walk their case through the fucking mud and make fun of them in front of the jury. And that's an excellent, excellent, excellent example of ask you a couple of questions you think matter and get the fuck on out, especially if you're dealing with a likable star. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We say that all the time. Get in, get what you need, and get out. Go ahead. What you got? That was it. Okay. I'm not even going to put my firm on. I'm like Rosenberg. I'm going to tell everybody... Go fucking see Rosenberg and go to Always For The People, donate, show up, support, whatever you can do. Make the world a better place. Listen, I want to thank Attorney Rosenberg at Attorney Rosenberg. Go check him out. Um, I want to give a shout out to Esteban Oreo and uh, the whole Soul Assassin team. Big shout out to Burner, the Cookies crew, and Vibes Rolling Papers. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Vibes. <laughs> only smoke vibes. Like oh, yeah? Out here and only listen to the Hard Luck Show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We're out of here. Woo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.